All right, welcome into this week's edition of Millennial Opinion. Paris White here with my co-host Ty Tudhope and Owen White. Guys, how are you doing this week? Pretty good, pretty good. Solid. Doing great, doing great. Are we at the point yet where we're abandoning the Braves? Are we giving up on their chances to win? And I say that I say that while we have a 2-0 lead in the series, but they're just losing game three, so it's just a snowball effect. You know, it's bound to go downhill at some point. Yeah, they're looking a little scared after uh, the, the Dodgers have come back here. Not a good – not a good plate appearance from Jock. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, great, Ty. I'm again, I'm a couple minutes behind <laughs> you. You keep spoiling it for me. Uh, how are your Red Sox doing, Ty? They're looking okay against the Astros. I think yeah. everybody on the planet's cheering against the Astros, considering they're a bunch of cheaters. The Astros, <laughs> yeah. We're in the mid middle of the third inning, up two to one, trying to take a three one lead against the Astros. You know, all my, all my boys hate the Strohs, cheating asses. Yeah, I, I heard somebody I, – I hadn't heard the term trashtros, but I heard somebody calling that <laughs> yeah, not too long ago. It's pretty good. Um, also, we're going to talk about a lot of wins for different football teams here. I just want to give credit. My trivia team winning last night in the uh, trivia game that I played in in downtown Auburn. Uh, won a 40% coupon on my next visit to that establishment. I'm not going to give out a free ad here, but took the trivia dub, so – our team with the win. Sounds solid. Was it just any kind of trivia, sports trivia? No, but you know that your boy was on top of it whenever they came to NFL team relocations. I was like, ah. uh, I was like, time for ah. me to contribute. <laughs> I was like, so which you know, NFL team is about to relocate to London? <laughs> Jacksonville. <laughs> well, we'll get all to that. We'll cover a little college, go through our regular schedule, uh, kind of back on the regular this week, considering Owen's going to go through college with us and then, We'll have Todd run us through the NFL game. So with uh, no more left to say, let's get going. All right, so hopping into college to start off, we're going to go through a few games. Um, I think we're just going to kind of go through and pick them and uh, talk talk about the ones that we want to talk about. And I think that we've kind of gotten into the habit now of starting off with Auburn just because it's obviously the game that's on all of our minds come the end of the week. So, Ty, tell me what you think about this good Auburn win on the road against the Arkansas team that now is a three-loss team after being the number, what was it, nine team in the country a few weeks ago? Yep, yep. Number eight, I think, maybe somewhere around there. Uh, that was a big win for our program going on the road to beat a, a ranked top 20 Arkansas team. Um, there were some big plays that have been lacking for us throughout the year. We hit on some deep balls. We also had a defensive scoop and score, which was huge for us. But overall, I think the glaring 
uh, thing from this game was this may have been Bo Nix's best game at Auburn, especially on the road. He was very efficient. I think he was 21 of 26 for around 290 yards, three total touchdowns. I mean, you can't get much better than that with with the talent that he's got around him at receiver and the offensive line issues that have been <clears throat> circling Auburn for the past couple of years. So I was really impressed with our team, and I'm excited where we're sitting right going into the bye. should be interesting. A little night game, Halloween weekend at Ole Miss coming to town. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it should get real yeah. spooky and uh, when Ole Miss comes to town. Halloween weekend, October 31st. I was gonna say really quickly. I wasn't. I wasn't watching a lot of this game. I was. Um, I was driving back to where I live from Tucson, Arizona. Do you guys ever? Uh, but I, what I did watch was impressive by Bo Nix, to say the least. Um, like I can't tell you guys how many times I tell people, like I'm from Alabama, like or, or if you guys have ever experienced, it's like I'm from Alabama, and then someone's like, oh roll damn Todd, like roll Todd. And you're like, no, <laughs> every time, every time somebody I say I'm from Alabama, somebody automatically assumes I'm a bammer. Um, it sucks. I got a lot, I got a lot of that this weekend. Yeah. I'm, I, I have gotten that before Owen. It's uh it's not a fun assumption considering we're all Auburn fans, but I guess it is the right one considering the majority of people in our state do seem to cheer for Alabama. So not blaming the people who say that, but back to the game. Um, great game by Bonex. I was a little irritated with the CBS um, staff because they kept talking about how, oh, this is like the only time we've seen Bonex play this well. Like this is probably his best game. He hasn't played this well ever in his Auburn career. And I was like, okay, I know last week was not pretty against UGA, but it's obviously the number one defense in the country. Can we not give him more credit for when he was SEC Offensive Player of the Week a couple weeks ago against LSU? Like, I think that was more of an impressive uh, performance by him just because of the lack of help that was, like, glaring through that whole game, whether it was the O-line up front or receivers continuing to drop balls. Like, in this one, they kind of had it rolling on all cylinders, and Bo was just the emphasis on the, you know, the end of the sentence, if you will, uh, for, for the Auburn Tigers. But I think that Auburn, again, has showed some resiliency on defense because it hasn't been – this team's almost been flipped on its head from what I thought it was at the beginning of the season. I thought we were going to be a really strong running team with a really strong defense, and it, it feels like at this point it's like – if we can't get pressure up front defensively, I know we've had Owen Popo, who is our star linebacker, out for a few games now, and we really need him back before this tough stretch of the season. But um, it feels like if we can't get pressure, we're not that great of a defensive team. And then as far as running the ball, it's not our biggest strength on offense. We've kind of just been continuing with spreading it out, running the pro style, letting Bo drop back and make the right read. So it's kind of been a different year to this point than I thought it was going to be, but it's been successful. And like you said, Ty, I'm, I'm excited about where Auburn's at at this point in the season and they have a tough stretch coming up. So we'll um, see how they come off the bye and play a good Ole Miss team at home who I think that's a good place to kind of pivot over is this Ole Miss team who just came off of a, a tough win at in Knoxville um, against a, what seems to be a pretty solid Tennessee team. Oh, yeah. It was a really good game. Tennessee kind of fought back in the second half. I thought they were going to 
maybe escape out of there with a win. But once they uh, kind of realized that their time was running out, their fans, they uh, they got a little irritable and started throwing anything that they could find at Lane Kiffin, trying to hit him with a golf ball. You know, you had some mustard bottles. You had a Dasani bottle full of dip spit. I mean, any, <laughs> anything you could. Oh, could their, that is disc- that is just anything dis- they could get their so hands on. They were chunking it, uh, Mr. Kiffin down there. But I was impressed with Matt Corral. I'm sh- I think he's battling an injury still. I think he had 180 rushing yards in this game, just completely carrying the team. I honestly think he should be the one of the front runners for the Heisman. As I mean, he is just carrying Old Miss to a five and one record now. I think. And I'll tell you something about Matt Corral, dude. When he runs the ball and tucks it and runs, he does not get down. He is not scared to take a hit. I mean, there was probably five or six times that he tucked it and ran and got to a point where there was two defenders coming at him in open field. And I was like, get down, slide, slide. And he just dives forward, like almost Superman projects himself into the defender. I'm just like, this man is not afraid of contact. And I'm not, I'm not sure what Lane Kiffin's telling him. I wouldn't be surprised if Lane was like eating it up and loved the intensity because that's just the type of coach Lane is. But from an intelligence standpoint, like, dude, get on the ground. You're our most valuable asset. If he doesn't play, this team goes to shit. So I, I would be telling him to get down, but he's not scared of the moment. He's not scared to take a hit. So credit to Matt Corral here saying it's high, but continue. Yeah, and his in, in Lane's post game, they were talking about that, and he was saying, I think they had a bunch of injuries at wide receiver, mm-hmm. running backs, uh, offensive line, and he was just telling them, I mean, we just got to get the win, and I think that was his main point of emphasis was just to win. And when you tell Matt Corral all you got to do is win, I, he's going to tuck and run. He's going to do what he does best, and and he pulled it out for the Rebs. But they did get a big defensive stop. That was huge for them. Their defense has been struggling this year, uh, again, as they usually do. But that was an impressive win on the road in a hostile environment with an amped-up Tennessee team. We'll see what happens this weekend. They're playing a rejuvenated LSU after beating a decent Florida team. I think it was 49-42. to So, we'll see. That should be a really good matchup. Can we talk about that game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hold on. I do want to say something real quick, though, is I think that Tennessee wins this game if Hendon Hooker stays in. Um, He really played well a lot of this game. Then Joe Milton comes in, and I know people are probably going to be really critical of Joe Milton because of that last play, but that's a really tough spot to come off the bench, and you you pretty much are in a 10-second play situation where you have two shots at the end zone, and you have to come in and just – I don't know. It, it's a really tough spot to come in and feel all the hype of the game and not be in that flow with your teammates. Uh, so I'm not like dismissing Joe Milton. Um, I think that obviously he's our backup, but he was fighting for the starting job at one point in that, in that competition and he won it. Um, so I think he's talented, but like, I think Hinden Hooker played really, really well in this game and I was impressed by what he did. So I would like to see him stay healthy and stay on the field and, and then possibly get a better shot to win. Because uh, I do think that they played well enough to win at the end of the at the end of the game, but Ole Miss, man, they're they're an interesting team. They're an interesting squad. I will transfer over to the LSU stuff because I have heard as this Coach O departure has finally been announced that Lane Kiffin's name has been in the mix for this LSU coaching job, which I find bizarre because I don't see somebody going from one. He's already got bad blood in the SEC with Tennessee. 
people already booing him, throwing golf balls, throwing mustard bottles. You don't want that environment when you travel back to Ole Miss either. So I don't see him making like a lateral move to this LSU job, but his name has come up in the conversation. But let's talk about this LSU team, Owen, because like you said, it was an interesting game and they put a good good win out there when they needed one. And a lot of people thought it might have saved Coach O's job of anything, and it ends up being the yeah. nail in the coffin and, and they wrap things well, up with think- his tenure. I think Florida's defense is kind of what stands out to me about this game. I mean, um, I I haven't watched LSU a lot, but I watched their game against Auburn. Probably the only full game I watched. Um, And I I don't have a lot of faith in their offense. And I think, um, I think Florida's defense is not as good as some people thought or some people think. Um, And I think that kind of explains too why, you know, Alabama, for example, almost went up, you know, you know, 28 to nothing in the first quarter. Um, they were able to move the ball effortlessly against them. Um, this is a pretty, like, this is honestly one of the games that surprised me the most uh, this weekend was LSU beating Florida. I was not expecting that to happen. Um, they dropped a lot of points on them. I don't remember how much it was exactly. Almost like 50, I think. Not 50 exactly, but, um, yeah, I mean, what are, your, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? I do think it's definitely going to um, – you know, potentially save Coach O's job uh, for sure. Give him a give him a little bit more time for sure. Well, they announced that he's he won't be returning next year, so they've come to an agreement that he he won't return. Um, Coach O did not know that. Yeah, they announced it uh, two days or on Sunday, I believe. Um, so he will finish out the rest of the year, and then they're, they're going to go ahead and part ways. I also saw a little funny <laughs> funny tidbit of information here. Saw articles saying that Coach O. One of the one of the criticisms of his uh, tenure there at LSU was that he he had his girlfriend's kids come into practice and like participating in drills with the players and like basically playing stepdad out there with like his girlfriend's kids at like LSU like everyday practice. So interesting <laughs> thing there. Like that I'm not surprised. Funny. Coach O is just a character. Uh, but this LSU team is a huge win for I think just for their fans to stay in it emotionally the rest of the year. And maybe you get a good win against like an A&M team or uh, I'm not sure who else they have to play. They have to play Arkansas as well. Right. A&M and Arkansas. Yep. Yep. Two of their final games. So Mm -hmm. like if you can get it up, I know they have to play Alabama Mm -hmm. and that'll be a freaking slaughter fest, but most likely, but who knows, you know, Alabama dropped the game to to A&M and I'm not sure where that Alabama LSU game is being played, but, LSU will at least emotionally be more into the rest of this season with this win. Uh, Florida is interesting. Interestingly enough has looked really bad on defense after that second. I know you talked about the the 21 points in the first quarter against Alabama, Owen, but ever since then, they kind of looked a lot better on defense. They lose to Kentucky and things start to fall apart for them. So I'm not sure what's up with this Florida team. And I'm really not sure kind of what, what it's going to be looking like going forward here for Dan Mullen. Um, I think that he obviously keeps his job this year. He's had a good stretch here at Florida. That's been pretty consistent, but going forward to the next few years, like if it's more of this same stuff that we've dealt with this year, it could be only a matter of time before Dan Mullen's gone and that job opens back up. So just an interesting kind of duel between schools who I think are both in uh, panic mode for their program, considering the standard they set for themselves. Yeah, most definitely. And going back to this game, though, it was so weird to me. I mean, watching the Auburn-LSU game, 
the LSU had just we're, we're we had a three man front rushing three sometimes even two players on LSU and they just were completely abandoning the run game and then in this game they come in they run Ty Davis Price for 36 carries for 290 yards and three touchdowns it's like a completely different identity it, it was crazy I, I was shocked from from that outcome you know and but, to see that many carries like I don't feel like that's a um I don't feel like that's a in the moment, oh, feed the hot hand thing. Like they must have identified something on film there. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, LS or Florida lost to Kentucky, who's a team who in, like forces the ball, runs the ball, very physical up front. So LSU must have saw something on film there for Florida that they were like, oh, we could easily expose this, give this guy as many touches as, as we can and try to beat the door down. And if you're a Florida fan, you got a tough matchup coming on in a few weeks against Georgia and then they're going to be just as physical up front as anybody you've seen all year. So going to be interesting. Yeah. And that's we with Kayshawn Butte, Derek Stingley. I mean, they had like 12 players on their team that Did were y'all out. see on Twitter, everybody that they had on like with the boot, they had their boot on and like, you know, those little one leg, little like wheel, or like scooters that they have for people yeah. with like boots on their foot. And they're uh-huh. like, they like kick their foot up and like sit in that little scooter and walk around. They had like six people with the same looking injury, like just standing in the end zone in pregame. <laughs> and they're just like, God bless this team, man. man. Oh, and what were you saying? Is there another game you want to talk about real quickly? Not not necessarily necessarily specifically a game. I know Iowa got upset, so I mean I want to talk about that a little bit, but I want to talk about more about what you guys think that impact will have on the playoffs. And because I haven't been around much, too, talking about college, um, I want to talk about Cincinnati. Like, I've I've heard a lot of praise about Cincinnati, but I've also heard a lot of criticism. And I kind of – not criticism, I guess, but the point that, you know, if anybody had their schedule, if Auburn had their schedule, um, or a lot of these SEC teams had their schedule – They'd probably be undefeated, too. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts about Iowa losing, uh, which is probably going to be Bama's ticket back in the number four spot. Um, but, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm, – I'm curious. Yeah, I'll take that one, Owen, because I, I've discussed a lot about Cincinnati and have been pretty open in my opinion that they'll make the playoff. Um, I think that they're a very sound football team. Oh, I think they'll team. make it, yeah. I think that – and I, I told Ty last week on the podcast, and I'm not sure if you got to listen and catch up, but people that I heard were, were comparing Cincinnati – I, I told people I think they would be in the playoff. People responded to me by saying, oh, they're, they're just like this UCF team that claimed the national championship when they had Scott Frost and they beat Auburn in the SEC playoff and went undefeated. Like, But my argument was that this is uncharted territory for a team like that. Like UCF never got this high in the ranking. Cincinnati's the number two team in the yep. country. Okay, So we're talking about – I know yeah. this is the AP poll and that the playoff, the college football playoff, people are the ones who decide. And I don't think that Cincinnati will be the number two team in the country by the college football playoff committee. When those rankings first come out, I think it'll probably be Alabama still as a number two team in the country, but I think Cincinnati will still be three or if not, they're four, they're still in the mix. UCF never hit that point ever. They are always playing from an outside perspective, trying to get into the playoff. Cincinnati is in the driver's seat. And I think that they have the maturity uh, and Desmond Ritter, Luke Fickle's a very solid football coach. And then they've they've already beat a good uh, 
good. They already beat somebody who was just a hill to climb uh, for them in the past, which was UCF. And now I think they're just kind of staring down the barrel of the gun, thinking, where can we slip up? And the only time that I'm really seeing is SMU. Now, granted, every week for them going forward is a letdown spot. Like, it, it just is. So every week going forward, people are just – ready to dance on your grave if you're Cincinnati. And you it's almost like oh, you yeah. had your back against the wall more than you ever did at the beginning of the season because people are just preying on your downfall. People are doubling down saying they won't make it, they won't make it, they won't make it. I think this football team is mature. I think that they have proven some resiliency. They go, I know Indiana is not uh, that great of a team, but they're a, a solid – uh, Big Ten school, and they go to Bloomington and get a win after being down at the beginning of that game. They go to Notre Dame in a tough environment and get a win. I think this team's going to be good enough to make the playoff. I don't think that they'll make the national championship. They'll probably lose in the first round. I'll have to see who they're playing, but I think Cincinnati's good enough to make it, and I think that they will run the table and make it the playoff in. Where it I gets am- interesting, though, and, and I know I've been on a little rant here, and I'll pass it to Ty to kind of give his – portion in a second where it gets really interesting owen is this alabama team is sitting at six and one if they went out and beat georgia and two sec teams make it in then it gets interesting because oklahoma controls their own destiny at seven and zero, and then one of these one loss big 10 teams controls their own iowa destiny. well yeah see i don't think that iowa has much of a chance based on resume they've now lost to purdue and they beat Penn State at home, but Penn State's quarterback got hurt late in that game and probably would have won that game if it wasn't for Clifford getting hurt. So I think that it's more up to Ohio State, yeah. a Penn State, a Michigan, or Michigan State. Somehow, one of those four teams, I would give the nod to Ohio State and Penn State in that argument just based on like the resume that they've built at this point. But if, they, if they're able to win out in that tough Big Ten East, Iowa doesn't play in that side. They play in the side where it's almost a cakewalk besides Wisconsin. So if, the, if one of those teams, Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, Michigan State, is able to win out and go to the uh, Big Ten championship, win, and then enter as a one-loss Big Ten champion, and Oklahoma's undefeated and Alabama wins the SEC, then my boys in, in Cincinnati are probably getting screwed out of their, their playoff spot. But well, I'll, I'll just say one last thing about it. I'll just say one last thing about it. Like, how could you not root for for Cincinnati right now, especially us being Auburn fans with, with you know, Auburn probably not getting in the playoff. But, I mean, Cincinnati is representing, like everyone you said, they're representing uncharted territory. They're they're representing all these teams like last year or the year before, like with, with Coastal Carolina and BYU, all these teams that have proven that they could win. Uh, in, and I don't care what your opponents are. You are what your record says you are. Um, you know, I, obviously they, they have, they've had somewhat of a cakewalk, but they're representing all these teams um, who want a shot at the playoff and who deserve a shot at the playoff and, and honestly represent the future for it to get expanded. Um, I agree with you that they'll probably get eliminated from the first round. Um, I know that I, I, I feel pretty confident that I'll make the playoff, but um yeah, it's just a, it's uncharted territory, and I'm I I'm excited to see them play. I will say real quick though, as an optimistic Auburn fan, like I hate to be this guy because I've We're criticized Auburn. I've I've criticized Auburn fans for doing this, but Auburn and Ole Controls Miss will see we'll see about Ole Miss. But based on Ole Miss's track record and Jordan Hare recently, I would argue should be favored in every game going forward until they get Alabama. 
So I don't see why Auburn can't win out and be a one or one loss SEC, two loss overall team playing Alabama at home with the chance to win and make the SEC championship. I understand they have to do that and then beat Georgia, but I think that that game against UGA might have been a little, I know it was a letdown final score, but in the first half, it could have been a lot different if there was some uh, catches made by Auburn made drops. So I'm not, I'm just saying I'm not ruling out Auburn yet. Obviously, I'm optimistic and biased. Most people outside of the state of Alabama would tell me I'm crazy, but I'm I'm just saying my, my state of point of view. Ty, let me hear what you have to say about the playoff and your prediction here. So my thing about Cincinnati and why they are so high in the rankings is because they have done something that none of these uh, – whatever you want, a group of five teams have done. So since uh, UCF, I mean, they had been a solid program, but they came out of nowhere to go undefeated. They had been two two lost, th- three losses, and then they went undefeated. Very similar to a Coastal Carolina. And then they kind of dropped off. Yes. But the reason this Cincinnati team is ranked so high is because they went undefeated last year, and then they played Georgia in the uh, Peach Bowl – and they lost they by, on a game. Year. No, they went undefeated in the regular season. And then they lost to Georgia in the Peach Bowl by a game on a game-winning field goal. Granted, you don't know how hard Georgia was playing. I know there's probably a lot of players out, but you're looking at Georgia now. They're by far people's number one team. And this Cincinnati yes. team has yet to lose. So it's like you exactly, have to yeah. kind of give them a shot at least, yeah. you would think. But we will see what yeah. the playoff committee does. They tend to hate on the group of five, and I don't disagree because I really don't think they would be able to compete against someone like Georgia or Alabama, and that's I know probably I, who they'll have to play in the first round or Oklahoma. I just don't think they have the players on the defensive side of the ball to really make They don't it. have NFL guys on but their defense. They have a really good corner, that, but they don't have NFL guys. Saying that, they deserve a shot if they are to run the table, I think. But this also goes to something that I've been talking about for a while. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but they, they have to do something about the playoff getting expanded. I think it just would make more regular season games mean more later in the season with teams that like Auburn. Say we lost to, you know, Ole Miss this week, a three-loss Auburn winning against A&M, Miss State, South Carolina, and Bama could still be trying to get in a, a, a 12, 16-team playoff late in the year instead of a lot of teams like Auburn on the cusp of making the playoff. They kind of give up once they know they're mathematically eliminated from the four-team. So I just feel yeah, like – and it gives shot a chance for a group of five team to make it and just get a shot every year at least. I mean, it's, it's just, just – It's to yeah, the benefit the, the, of everybody. Yeah. It really is. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's to the benefit of fans and schools. People are going to show up to more games knowing that they have a backdoor chance of entering a – let's just say 12-team playoff. Let's say that it was really expanded. I think the next jump's most likely to eight, and then they'll plateau there for a little while before. But let's say it's a 12-team playoff, like – you're just going to see more energy around college football for a more extended time period into the season. And then also, in addition to that, if people want to argue, oh, well, it takes away from it takes away from the bowl games and, and the – let me tell you something. You can still have the bowl games just like they do with the playoff now, but then you expand it. It makes it more profitable. More people are, are more likely to go to a 
and I, this probably wouldn't be a playoff bowl game, but I'm just going to use it as a reference. It could be. More people are more likely to go to a Chick-fil-A bowl playoff game, and that generate more revenue than just a typical Chick-fil-A bowl where an SEC team is playing a ACC team or whatever that finished middle of the tier in the conference. It, it's just not – that's not stimulating for the fans as much as something, something that has playoff implications. It's definitely going to be – just a higher new, a higher revenue driver, and like I don't understand. I just don't understand like the downside to it. And it, of course, watch this year if Alabama doesn't make it in, which personally I don't think they will, but we'll see. Um, if Alabama doesn't make it in and Clemson doesn't make it in, of course this will be the year that the NCAA makes some rule exactly. that benefits yeah. them. I mean, and I'm not saying it will go into effect next year. That would be a little too. Uh, Drastic. What well, needs to, it needs to happen. And like you just said, Harris, there's really none. And obviously the committee and, and those people that make decisions obviously probably have way more insight than us. But from a fan perspective and from people that are knowledgeable, you know, about college football and just about sports in general, there's really no downside to it. Like there's really nothing. Like all you can think about is benefits. Like you said, I uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse. That's the last thing I'll say. And if we want to keep talking no, about college, we can't. La- last, thing, last thing I'll say about the rankings and stuff is, like, it might have taken a year like this in college football for them to make some changes. The number 24 team in the country, UTSA, granted, it's University of Texas, San Antonio. They're 7-0, okay? There's a 6-0 team at tw- number 22. There's a 6-0 team at 16, uh, Michigan uh, 14. State. Yeah, Michigan State at nine, Oklahoma State at eight, Michigan at at six, uh, and then Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and Georgia. It's just chalk full of one loss and and undefeated teams, except for you sprinkle in a few uh, two-loss teams, A&M, Auburn, teams like that. It it just doesn't make any sense to me why not to expand it. it, it, and think about too. Think about like the rivalries, like you just <laughs> mentioned there. It's like think about what if Michigan and Michigan State teed off in the playoff, yeah. right? Think about if if Auburn and and LSU Alabama or, or any of the any of these any of these conferences. Could you imagine the ASU Iron Bowl and, rematch in in a playoff? Yeah, man? exactly. Or or could you imagine like you know if like Pac-12 team got in along with one of the you know the superior Pac-12 teams like Oregon and they had a chance. Like like it just benefits the conferences. It benefits. The, the talent, it benefits recruiting for, for everyone across the country. It's just it, it doesn't seem like it's fair to keep this this playoff at four at all to a lot of these teams. And that's why I'm rooting for Cincinnati, dude. Fuck like yeah. like Cincinnati, yeah. ride or die. I'm hoping they win the whole the whole damn thing. Yeah. And another thing I know people say about or people in the playoff committee say about why they don't expand is if you get a lot of teams in the teams at the top later in the season will stop trying because they know they have a spot in the playoff, but you can implement things like a, a buy or home field B, advantage B. Yeah. The, getting a top eight, say it's even a 16 team playoff. You get the top eight teams get to host a playoff game. Could you imagine yeah. like Auburn going to <clears throat> going to Ohio state to play in a playoff game? I mean, I mean, as much as we would probably be an underdog, you can't tell me that we have no chance of winning. I mean, yeah. it's just that the matchups that you would get would be a lot better. It's just, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's just better for every party in it. So, I mean, I think we're all in agreement here of the playoff expansion, but we'll see. They're in talks, which is better than it was a couple of years ago where they were saying it was never going to happen. So, yeah, we'll fuck see. that. 
real quick can we do real quick can we do four team playoff predictions um and possible national championship predictions real quickly i'll Uh, I'll let you guys go first Oh, and you go. I'll, I'll go ahead and go because I'm gonna grab a casserole real quick, and then I'm gonna come back. But uh, casserole guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, big Stouffer's guy. I'm gonna say my number one's gonna be Georgia. Um, you know, I, I have watched more, probably more of their games than any other team other than Auburn, considering that you know their first game with Clemson, along with their Auburn game, and and watching some some other games. But they, I think, I do think they have the best defense in the country. Um, I I think that's pretty. You know, that's that's pretty. Uh, commonly known and commonly agreed upon among college football fans. Um, I'll probably say my number two is going to be, is going to be Alabama. Um, I just think that you guys hit it on the head when you said, if a Cincinnati team sitting there at three, still undefeated and Bama might be sitting at four um, to put, you know, put Bama above them because, and rightfully so they, they, they probably would smack down on them um, or at least beat them in a, in a playoff game. So I'd probably say Bam at two, I'm going to keep Cincinnati at three and I'm going to say Oklahoma keeps the ball rolling in the, in, in the, in the big 12. I think they've figured out something now um, with, with, you know, their quarterback situation going forward and also just, um, you know, how, how uh, they, 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 they can't afford to lose. And, and um, I think that that, that's, that team's going to take that going forward. Um, but, we'll, I mean, we'll see. That four spot could, could go a lot of different ways. I could see Iowa getting it, too. I could even see, like, Penn State getting it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'll let you guys say your predictions. I'll be right back, and then we can move on to real football for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the number one overall seed at the end of the year will be the Georgia Bulldogs. I think they're going to get it done, complete the undefeated regular season with an SEC championship. Number two, I'm going to say I think Oklahoma also wins out. I think Caleb Williams kind of flipped the switch as much as people might hate that term, flipping the switch. It, it, it has done something for their team. More effort on the defensive side of the ball, better execution on the offensive side. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Ohio State. I think they're just – too good on the offensive side to be stopped in the Big Ten. I don't see a real threat other than maybe a Michigan State team that could just catch them on a bad day and force some turnovers, but I don't think Michigan can hang with them. I don't think Penn State can hang with them. I think Ohio State wins out, makes the playoff, and I'm going to give the four spot to Cincinnati. I think they're going to win out, and I think with the a lot of teams losing, like Bama losing to Georgia in the SEC championship will knock a few teams out, and I think they slide in. And I'll go with uh, Georgia and Oklahoma to meet again after their Sugar Bowl insanity game a few years ago to meet in the championship and Georgia to win. Yeah. The reason I brought this up is because there's a lot There's a lot of teams that I almost want to sprinkle in there just for fun. But, I mean, in all seriousness, I agree with both of you guys that the Georgia Bulldogs are the number one team in the country right now and I believe will be the number one team at the end based on all the evidence they've showed me to this point in the year. Uh, the number two team, I believe, could be the Cincinnati Bearcats just because of their ability to go undefeated, finish out this year strong, 
Um, but I do think that Oklahoma has a very good shot to jump them, considering that Oklahoma's uh, strength of schedule will only improve. They have uh, Oklahoma State coming up uh, uh, towards the end of the year. They'll probably have to play Oklahoma State again, most likely, in the Big 12 championship. So it would take a two-win two over a good Oklahoma State team. That's a team that I'm looking to see how much better they get because they're really good on the defensive side of the ball. And they beat a, they beat a team who I still think is a good Texas team. I don't think that they're one of the best teams in the country, but I think they're a very solid team. Oklahoma State beat them this past weekend. So, like, I, I think that Oklahoma State is a, is a solid school, but I do think that Oklahoma uh, gets the better, at least of them, to win the Big 12. I could, see, I could also see Oklahoma dropping the first game of that series of them and then winning the Big 12 against them and, and piggybacking back into the playoff as a one-loss Big 12 champion. So potential there. And then I agree with you, Ty. Uh, so right now I have Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma kind of in a, to- in a toss for second and third. And then I agree with you that Ohio State makes it in as a one-loss Big 10 champion. Uh, I think that the Big 10, I guess it's the East. I'm not sure what how they split their conference up, like what names they give them. But basically, based on the map, I'll say the Big Ten East, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State beat each other up. And I think that Ohio State's the only one that has the resiliency and experience to just roll through that and end up with a, a one loss going into the Big Ten championship and then beats a, a good Iowa team. Because another factor is that Ohio State's one loss, but they have no losses in the Big Ten. So they're just in the same spot as Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State's a tier below. So that's going to kind of impact things more than people realize as well. So I think Ohio State makes it in the Big Ten Championship and beats either Iowa or I don't even know who else would be in the running on that side of the of the bracket. But Ohio yeah, State probably makes be it Iowa. Yeah. It'd probably be Iowa unless they just blew up. But uh, so I think Ohio State makes it in and is uh, is the fourth team in the playoff. And I'll say that uh, I'll say that. It will be Oklahoma and since and uh, Georgia as the uh, college football national championship, like you said, Ty. But I know that we hadn't gone over that those picks, so I just I thought that maybe middle, middle of the year at this point would be a fun time to go over them, considering we've seen a lot develop right in front of us at this point. All right, y'all trying to move on to some NFL? Yep, Ty, take it over. It run let's us hear, through. Let's hear the, the records, thing. Ty. I have a feeling I did. Dog shit. You're gonna do yeah, or I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the games from last week and then I'll give the picks and we can pick. Or I'll give our records from last week. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the first game I got, um, the Buccaneers hold off a late surge from the Eagles to move on to five and one. The Eagles backdoor cover two and four. Was a backdoor cover. Um my cover on my pick. Thank you guys. <laughs> um but the Tom Brady to Antonio Brown connection remains one of the top in the league. Uh, I think Antonio Brown had 10 catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Um, But I know some of the Philadelphia fans were excited in the second half. Miles Sanders definitely got going a little bit in the run game. I know they had kind of abandoned the run so far this year, but they were, the crowd was getting up and, Excited when they were giving it to Miles Sanders. He had a few big runs, but the Buccaneers just a little bit better that night. Five and yeah. one, Eagles two and four. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, I think I think Tampa Bay legitimately might have three receivers who go over a thousand yards this season, um, which is 
it's crazy to say, but it's also not considering they have Brady and considering the talent they have at receiver. Um, and, and you mentioned Antonio Brown, Ty. I just want to say this, okay? I saw this the other day. Just listen to this because the greatest receiver I've ever seen probably in my lifetime is Antonio Brown. Uh, Calvin Johnson obviously was amazing and, and probably the one of the best, definitely the best, one of the best to ever do it. I was still very young when he was peaking in his prime and he retired you know, right around the time where I got into watching football legitimately. This six-year stretch by Antonio Brown, 2013, 1,500 yards, 18 t- eight, eight TDs. 2014, 1,700 yards, 13 TDs. 2015, 1,800 yards, 10 TDs. 16, 1,200 yards, 12 TDs. 2017, 1,509 TDs. And 2018, 1,315 TDs. That is fucking insane. And like that is just literal six years of like being best the best receiver, receiver in, football. in the league, being the best receiver in football, no question. Like and multiple years where he's putting up like I think the lowest he had in those six years was at thirteen hundred. Yes, the lowest amount of receiving yards he had out of those six years was thirteen hundred and twelve TDs. That is fucking insane. Antonio Brown looks like he's. He's getting back to full form. He's obviously older. He's been on a football a little bit, considering he punted a football at Mike Mayuck in the GM's office when he played for the Raiders. But still, he uh, he's a he's just unbelievable. Um, that offense is unbelievable. I didn't think they were going to lose this game, but I definitely didn't think Philly was going to cover. And I know they fucked me because of that because I didn't pick them. So yeah, and I think all those seasons, Owen, he had over a hundred receptions, which is. Absolutely. Yeah, he did because 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 the receptions too. Yeah, yeah. The the lowest amount of receptions he had was 2017, and it was 101. And the most he had were 2015. Also, the year he had eight 1800 receiving yards, and he had 136 receptions. Mm. Yeah, he's so crazy, bro. Yeah, oh, business, yeah, that's business the greatest. Is, uh, res- yeah, business is definitely booming. I I said that. What was it? Week one of this podcast or week week one? Of, not sorry, yeah. not, maybe not week one, but week one of football of this podcast before just the preview. And uh, I had to kind of walk that back a little bit after the, the COVID week. And he had one other like kind of below average week, but dude, like how do you not look at Antonio Brown and Tom Brady and not make this immediate, just this is, this makes sense. Like how many times have we seen Tom Brady yeah. fall in love with these type of receivers and just feed them. And Antonio Brown is by far the best of any guy that he's ever dealt with in this type of scenario. So, yep. I mean, yeah. they're playing him in the slot more, which is different than we've seen AB mostly play on the outside, despite being a little bit undersized at his position. So, like playing him in the slot with two big receivers, or Godwin's not big, but Mike Evans is big, Godwin, then you have Gronk slash OJ Howard. Yeah, OJ Howard is uh, in place of Gronk, but kind of still filling the same role. It's just a very interesting concept. And I think that this team is so talented on the outside. The backdoor covered by the Eagles was really impressive and even more impressive given Jalen Hurts' stat line. 12 of 26 for 115, a TD, and a pick. Um, I know he ran the ball 10 times for 44 yards and two touchdowns, so not too bad of a game, but as far as a quarterback rating, it was a 55.8. Not the most impressive night for Jalen Hurts, obviously playing against a very seasoned and uh, experienced defense. There's going to be tough times in this league. I still believe in Jalen Hurts' abilities – um, I think that he's a solid quarterback, but I had I had an idiotic Bama fan, and I won't call him out by name. Um, but I had somebody tell me that this weekend that Jalen Hurts was a smarter version of Lamar Jackson, and I just wanted to bring that up on this podcast because 
I told him Jalen Hurts could not lick uh, an ounce of Lamar Jackson's athleticism. Like it, it's not even close. Um, Lamar yeah. so much better in the open field, and as far as throwing the ball, I don't see that there's anybody that has an advantage. His 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 defense was that Lamar was a turnover machine when it came to fumbling, and I was just also not I, true. I just was very. I was very interested by that. And does that like make Does that make Jalen Hurts smarter than him? Yeah, I, Man, I, I would. That, I would be willing to a... guarantee that Jalen Hurts, first of all, has just as many just as many turnovers as Lamar this year, and on more interceptions. So probably, if, you're, yeah. if you know Lamar yeah, runs no, the ball better, if you know Lamar runs the ball better, but Jalen Hurts those inter- more interceptions, then maybe Lamar's a better passer too. Just might be. Lamar right? is a better Definitely passer. Did no is. one see he what is. he did against the Colts on Monday. I mean, it was <laughs> fucking insane. He you know what? We don't, need to time. Every single yeah. time. we don't even need to take time to respond yeah, to that comment. I think we're all on the same page. Let's go ahead and move on to the next yeah, game. That's just a Bama <clears throat> fan comment. Next game. Hey, re- hold on real uh, quick, though. Shout out Quez Watkins. Three catches for 44 yards. Um, Southern Miss guy. And I have a buddy who is a Southern Miss grad, and he was – I was with him on Thursday night when this game was being played, and he kept saying, Quez Watkins, it's a Southern Miss guy. So every time, Quez Watkins, Southern Miss guy. Just remember that name. Yes, don't sir. see a lot of those, dude. Don't see a lot right. of those. Uh-uh. I think this was the millennial opinion favorite game of the week right here as the oh. London Jags Let's go. defend hey, their oh, dude. turf. They're and so they get their good, first man. win in 21 Fuck. games as they top the dog shit Dolphins. Dude, I think they'd go undefeated if they played every game in London. I think you mean they would. if I they played they'd every, every game at home, they need to go yeah. ahead and move the fucking franchise over there. Because I'm telling you right they now, they are going to move that. Franchise. The Jaguars are so much better when they are playing in England. And uh, <laughs> I know that I had it's it's a really 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 big shame that um, I I said early in the season that the Trevor Lawrence coming out game was coming whether sooner or later. It's a shame that the Trevor Lawrence coming out game happened at a 9.30 kick on a fucking Sunday in London. But Trevor Lawrence, man, is a beast. He is everything that we've said on this podcast and more. 25-41, I know is not great, but 319, yeah. a touchdown. He runs two for 11, uh, which isn't – He's a dog. It's not his uh, – it's not like uh, his most – impressive game running and being mobile but he he's a beast dude and i know and this let's not forget this miami dolphins team in the beginning of the season was considered a really solid defense so i know they probably had some injuries they're bad but they they're, bad. they're starting to look a lot worse and, and i'll give my boy Tua some credit really bad pick really really bad pick but other than that he had a good game bouncing back from injury threw the ball 47 times miami still can't get any type of run game going any type at all uh, but Tua, 33 no. for 47, 329, two TDs and an interception. So good to see Tua back yeah. and healthy and kind of, kind of slinging it around low-key. Yeah, but, dude, like, first of all, um, like, I just, want to, I just want to talk about this. It's not really anything to do with the game, but, like, when you guys saw that game-winning field goal, like, it's just like, if you're a London fan, are you just cheering for, like, a win no matter what? Because all those guys were going crazy. And I want to say, oh, it's because they're Jags fans, but it's like – I feel like they would have gone crazy no matter who won the game. No, they're like, Jags it's just fans. like they're Jags fans. I I I mean I yeah, think okay. that's I just uh, think they were cheering that for that settled. dog shit game to be over. <laughs> yeah, that shit sucked, dude. I mean, it was a pretty sh- I mean, it was a good game, like in terms of competition. It just wasn't a good game in terms of entertainment based off good play, because neither one of these teams have really good players. Um, 
So also not to pull uh, out the we receipts. Can move on. Not to pull out the receipts because I know I, I like to do that on this podcast. But remember a few weeks ago before the Jaguars went and played b- the Bengals, and I said the key to the Jaguars being better than they were was running James Robinson more and being more effective yes. running the ball. And they gave him 17 carries. I know that he didn't blow up. He only had 73 yards, but he did have three catches for 23 and um, he had a touchdown in this game. And I think that Jacksonville is a lot better. And Trevor Lawrence is a lot better when they're when establishing they the ball their in hands. And, and, and just put yeah. the ball and getting easy yards to James, James Robinson. So shouts to Urban yeah. Meyer for uh, keeping his dick in his pants this time and actually figuring out how to win. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't go, uh, you know, bar hopping any in bars in London. So, yeah, I mean, I consider that a win for the Jags. I still think he'll get fired in the middle of the season. But, I mean, let's see. I don't really have any much else to say about this game. I yeah. think the Jags are going to relocate in our lifetime. So, <laughs> um, Next game I got, Chiefs get back in the win column with a 31-13 over the very underwhelming Washington football team. Mahomes – he made some some mistakes in this game. One of them must have been on the not top ten. Just a terrible pick, but doesn't matter because the Washington football team has zero pulse on the offensive side, and the oh, Chiefs yeah, win. Owen, oh, what do you so got about I this? Wanna, I want to. I want to talk about this game. It's kind of a funny story. It's it's about the game, but it's also not. This weekend is my boy Sal Davis. Shout out Sal Davis, uh, Philly boy, turning twenty two. So we went out. Got some drinks, uh, went sake bombing, and after a couple rounds, we were definitely feeling it. And this dude gambles like a motherfucker. And he turned to me and he said, let's go in on a parlay tomorrow. It was a Saturday night. I said, yeah, let's do it. So he said, let's go in on a parlay tomorrow. He said, how much you want to bet? And I was like, let's go 50-50 each. And he was like, all right, bet. We're betting 100 bucks. Let's do it on a parlay. We bet Indianapolis to cover. We bet Green Bay to cover. And Check. we bet can we bet Washington to cover, and Washington was leading this game in the third quarter, and we were about to be two hundred dollars richer, and they fucking sold. I hate the fucking Chiefs. Uh, they do look better. They do look like they've gotten their shit together, but Washington's also just. I think that they're just so bad, and we underestimate how bad they are. I think they're literally one of the. I would probably put them in the bottom five in football. I mean, their defense cannot stop anything. Um, obviously, it's the Chiefs, but their secondary still has major, major issues. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I watched a lot of this game, and the Chiefs looked uh, good. I mean, Tyreek Hill, uh, they found a way to get the ball in his hands. And I know I've, I've said that I've said that on this podcast in the past, Harris, like you have about James Robinson. And, um, yeah, he got some crucial first downs, and – Kansas City, uh, hopefully, is going to gain some momentum and get back going. So we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it, and I don't care. I don't think the Chiefs are very good. I don't think they're good. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have some serious problems um, on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that oh, absolutely, Patrick Mahomes needs to figure out what his problem is turning the ball over this year because it will come yeah. back, back to bite them in the ass when they play some of the better teams in their division. And I'm telling you right now, Kansas City is not the Kansas City of the past. They are not – I'm not sure if it's – I'm not sure if it's uh, Chris Jones playing inside and not getting pressure from the outside edge. I'm not sure what it is. But defensively, they got some serious issues. Uh, and Washington – Well, they need to move him really, back out to defensive. They, they, 
I, I don't they know. You move is. Jones back to D end, but I don't know what it is. And I know Washington only had 13 points in this game. I'm not saying that they just like throttled the Chiefs, but I, I don't think this Chiefs team is is a top five team in the NFL right now. And I don't even see them. They're they're going to be in a fight to make the playoff, in in my opinion. So they'll they'll be pitching for a wild card spot if they keep this up. The Washington football team, on the flip side of that, is one of the worst teams in football. And by that, I mean yeah. five, five teams in football, just like you said, Owen. Yeah. And I'm really, really disappointed, um, not individually. I don't say this as if it's his fault, but I'm just – it's stunk that it's resulted in this because of a bad team effort. But Chase Young's regression in this this season, I've watched him three times now. Um, it was I watched him against the Giants. I watched this game. And I watched uh, one of their first games of the year. I can't remember who it was against. Oh, the Chargers. And Chase Young has not been the Chase Young of last year that we saw being what seemed to be an instant Hall of Famer on a roster, legitimately. I mean, it looked like a guy who translated right into the league and was an instant impact player. And this year, I don't know if they're doubling him. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's just... I don't know if it's just the, that secondary is really bad, so it doesn't matter how much pressure they get up front. But that defense is getting absolutely fucking grilled every game. And Chase Young, oh, yeah. it's, it's a tough season. Uh, he just needs to go ahead and start breaking down film and preparing for to get better each game and try to piece something together as the season goes on to build off for next year because this year is pretty much done for the Washington football team. Oh, yeah, they're done. Yeah, they should be 0-6. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um Moving on from that game, this is going to be a really quick one. Uh, Rams beat the Giants 38-11. to 11. The only thing I got on that one is uh, this was a score-agami for you, those that, yeah, score-agami. that don't know. Score-agami is a score that happens that has never happened in NFL history before. So there's never been a game that has ended 38-11. to 11. That was about the only thing that I care about from this game. Um, any yeah. any added additions from a Giants fan? Uh, Owen, um, no, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, I think Daniel I, Jones, I, wa- I think Daniel Jones was still in concussion protocol. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, that dude, he took good. one of the worst hits I've seen him take in his whole, his whole career, and he was out there playing against the Rams defense. Like, it's just a tough look, like me. coming off concussion protocol and then coming into a game and throwing three picks and no touchdowns. It's just like. After he has had, after he hasn't like thrown a lot of picks, yeah. like this season. I, I think you said I think you said last week, like whenever you're talking about him getting hurt, you were like, it sucks because he's been playing well. He hasn't been turning the ball over, uh, uh, you know, really at all this this year. And then he comes out and throws three picks. It's just a bad. He had an even worse quarterback rating than Jalen Hurts, forty four point seven. Yeah, well, they're both not very good, so. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> All right, moving on. This is another quick one. Colt Colt stomped the Texans thirty-one to three. Texans have lost six of their last seven. Not much to <laughs> say. Uh, the Texans are very good. Davis Mills is not very good. The Davis Mills hype train has halted to a stop after we thought he yeah. might be their franchise guy after the Patriots. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So. We, we, that, that was a that was a hot fucking take. I was just about to say. I was just about to say. We don't just pull out the receipts for good stuff in this podcast. I will pull out the receipts yeah. on my stuff. We were wrong. We were a, wrong about that. I will pull out the receipts for myself for a bad bad take last week that the Texans. I didn't say definitively, but may have found a guy in Davis Mills, and then just may. And, and I'll go ahead. 
we slapped this we slapped this label on the Texans early in the year covering machine. I'm Hell gonna take no. go ahead and take that away. Dude, take, take that shit away. Take that label away because the last two, dude. Yeah, they they uh the Texans are bad. The Colts, though, dude, they needed a win after coming off that stinger of a loss against Baltimore. I mean, really should have two back-to-back wins in their pocket. So we'll see if they get some momentum going. That's all I'll say about this game. The Texans are also a bottom five team in football, I would put them. Another relatively quick game. The Bengals have no <laughs> issues with the Lions in Detroit. Moved to four and two. The Lions 0 oh and six. So let's shocker button on that. The Lions lost. Shocker. Um, <laughs> the Bengals have won seven straight against Detroit. I'm pretty sure everyone has won seven straight against Detroit. Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow, 19, yeah. 29, 300 yards, three TDs. That's that's about it for that yeah. game. I mean, I'll just say oh, this, this is the Lions to cover in this game, didn't you? Yeah, and, and I picked the Lions to win, and uh, I, I I feel like an absolute dumbass. Uh, that was a horrible take by me since we're talking about our bad receipts. I do want to say this really quickly. Um, if any of us were worried about Cincinnati being frauds, um, you know, not necessarily playing a high level competition, this doesn't necessarily prove that they're not frauds, but I'll tell you one thing. Good football teams win the games that they're supposed to win. They were supposed to win this game, and they did. And they did it, I mean, relatively with ease. They came out off the fucking wire, and Joe, Joe Burrow just lit it up. Um, I do think Cincinnati could creep into a playoff spot. Um, their division's just a little dicey, but we'll, we'll get to Cleveland. Let's, we'll, we'll get to them, but that's all I'll say. The Lions are not a bottom-five team in football. They suck, but they are not a bottom-five team in football. Um, so, yeah, I'll just say that. They, they, I, I think we've all thought that, but they're they're creeping into territory here soon. That's like you can't help, but they just default to a bottom five team in football. If you go zero and seven, yeah, you're a bottom five team in football. I mean, and they are knocking. Well, on it's the like, door dude, the Jags. I'm still going to take to be worse than them. They play, uh, they they play the Rams this week, so they're going to be zero and seven. There's no doubt. Um, I'm gonna say <laughs> Jared the, Goff revenge the, game. The Jags. The Jags are worse than them, I think. I think I the Washington <laughs> football team is worse than them. I think the Giants are worse than them. I think the Jets are worse than them. The Giants oh, are not 15. worse than them. Dude, we're fucking bad. And I honest, honestly, dude, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I might take I might I might take I might take the Dolphins to be worse than them. I don't know. I don't know. But well, let's move on. I don't want to talk about the fucking lines. Um Next one I got, Aaron Rodgers continues his complete dominance over I the city of Chicago. You. Uh, Green Bay has won 19 of the last 22 against Chicago. Holy I mean, shit. That is completely destroying That's, That's domination. Um, this one is also, I mean, not much to say. It's same old, same old with Green Bay and uh, Chicago. But the good positive side from Chicago – Khalil Herbert, never even heard of him. He had 100 yards and a touchdown running back. He's on my fantasy so team. That was a good little day for him. But anything y'all want to yeah. add from that game? I just want to say this. It doesn't seem – it does seem to me like the Chicago team does have some new life wrapped around Justin Fields. They're in every game, and obviously they won yet last week around the Raiders. This score, the 24-14 score – the, the Bears were down by three with all, with this game about to be, you know, with almost time running out. So um, Aaron Rodgers obviously hit the discount double fuck on them. But I, I do think that Chicago was more competitive than the score shows. And I do think that they 
has some energy and some some new life to their team in terms of motivation with Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, but no, Aaron Rodgers owns them. He's always owned them, um, and he uh, proved that again on Sunday. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a lick of anything to add on this game. Let's just go ahead and move on. All right, next one I got the Ravens soar yeah. over the Chargers. 34 Let's talk six. about this game. The Chargers offense could not get anything going. And I'm just going to say this right now. I know I picked Josh Allen to win MVP, which could very well still happen. But Lamar Jackson should be the front runner for the MVP. But real quick, though, Ty, this real quick, though, this wasn't this wasn't Lamar Jackson game. I mean, he no, had a pretty underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. a pretty underwhelming game through two picks like. But yeah, you're yeah. right. This team good enough to where if he put continues to put stats up like he has the rest of the year, then like they're they're hitting their stride at the right time yeah. where he could be in the conversation. I do agree with that. But like I, that I think, was the most bizarre. We were going through. I know we were all searching for like that that NFL. Oh, and that's that was your reasoning in picking the Lions uh, to cover against the Bengals. Is like we were all searching. There's always week. one game. There's always one game. Like I don't know how none of us caught this being that game. The Chargers were hot. The Ravens were good, but people still I questioned picked, them after a few years. I picked after, the Ravens. I don't remember what the fuck I picked, but still, like, I don't know how I didn't see. You did too. <laughs> oh, well, either way. Uh, it's the, no, Lamar I agree Jackson with you, only though. was 19 for 27 with a TD and a pick. Uh, I mean, he ran for 51 yards. It wasn't crazy. Um, it, it's just I, anything can happen any given Sunday in the NFL. And I think this Ravens team is. It's looking more and more dynamic on offense. The more that Mark Andrews touches the ball, and I know we talked about this last week, but they're almost transforming into the Kansas City Chiefs of the past when they get Marquise Brown involved in the deep ball, and then they have Mark Andrews as this Travis Kelsey-esque that they can use in the red zone in lethal lethal situations. They just have these little scat backs they can they can check down to. They don't have to establish a run with anybody outside of Lamar. It's just a really interesting concept, man. And that defense is always going to be with uh what, yes. what's their D what's their D coordinator, Wink Martindale. He always is scheming up the right stuff. Like I mean, yeah. it's just well, dude, it's just a really good I football. I just want to say uh, you said this earlier, Harris. You were like, I don't want to say it. I don't, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I feel like. The Chargers are kind of frauds, dude. Like, how do you come out here and lay six points on them? Like, we've all known and we've all discussed the Ravens' defense not being what it used to be, not being one of the worst defenses of football, but having some legitimate holes. Um, We see the Colts and how their offense was able to move the ball the week before. They had a short week playing on Monday night, and they just the Chargers did not do anything. And I hate to revert back to the old Chargers narrative with Phillip Rivers as soon as they would get something going and how they would just, you know, go to New England in a playoff game and get fucking blown out and that they're just not what they what they record says they are. But, uh, dude, this just makes me – just makes me question the Chargers a little bit, I guess. I, I mean, definitely I'm going to have some second thoughts about them. I still think they have one of the best quarterbacks in football in Herbert, but – Dude, I was expecting, you know, this game to be a coin flip. If anything, if I had to bet my life, I probably would have bet uh, the Chargers. Good thing I didn't. But, I mean, the Ravens just embarrassed them. I, 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 this was a blow, this was a shocker yeah. for me, like you said, here. Was, I was, think this Herbert, was – Hold on real quick. Oh, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch this game because I, I went to go watch it and the fucking score was a blowout. And I was like, okay, on to the next one. Did, was Herbert's pick a pick six with their defensive touchdowns in this game? What happened? So I I watched the majority of this game. 
So I think this was really the perfect storm for the Ravens. A, you had a lot of uncharacteristic, uh, like for this season for the Chargers, like Mike Williams was dropping the ball. You had some bad throws on comeback routes, and it was just like you they couldn't get the run game going, anything. And I just think – I didn't notice this, but the Chargers are not good at stopping the run. And if you're yeah. not good at stopping the run and you go to Baltimore, it's going to be a long day. So they didn't – they went three and out, I think, on their first two drives, the Chargers did. And it really never even – it never got better. It was 14 nothing very quickly. And their coach, the Chargers coach, I forget his name all the time. Y'all probably know it. Uh, Staley. Staley. He Staley. loves Brandon, going Brandon for Staley. it on fourth down. So, I mean, they went yeah, for it on does. fourth down in their own territory in the first half. And I think they went down mm. like 17 to zero. And it was almost just over at that point. They never – I mean – Justin Herbert, two carries, 12 yards. Eckler, six for seven. Joshua Kelly, four for seven. 26 rushing yards. That's pretty much the 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 story from that game. You know, and that brings up up just a random thought that I had this week. And it was actually – it wasn't while watching NFL. It was while watching um, Tennessee and Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin – is very high on analytics and goes for it in a lot of fourth down situations. I think like really up to anything forward, fourth and six past their own 45, he'll go for. Um, and I guess my question to you guys, and you guys probably don't know the answer to this, but just like the way my brain works, I'm very curious to find out whether like whenever Tennessee got the ball back, um, not the drive that they ended up going down for the last score, the last attempted score of the game, but before that, with the controversial fourth down call, mm-hmm. um, they said that Tennessee like they got the ball in like the fifteen or like the twenty or twenty five, like some, yeah. something that wasn't that crazy close to the goal line, and it was like they said, "Oh, this is the worst field position Tennessee's had all night by far." I wonder if the analytics that these coaches are reading into about going forward on fourth down. I wonder how much is factored in of field position for the other team if missing the fourth down. Like I'm curious wow. of that. Not just did, like the success rate at fourth down at fourth and six of your at your own forty five. Not that, but like the trade off of oh, like the if you're if you're constantly giving you the opposing team quality field position, like that's it's just a complete disadvantage. So just a, just kind of thinking out loud though. Uh, so we can continue. Uh yeah, so in this game, the <laughs> this is the the start the second half, the Chargers get the ball. They're only down. I mean, they're down twenty four to six, but that's not really that crazy of a margin, especially with the Chargers offense. They went for it on fourth and one at their own nineteen yard line, and they that's did, horrible. And they passed it. They passed the ball on a damn Mm. back shoulder to Palmer. I don't even know who that is. Mm. And they didn't get it. And that that, that, the ball game was over at that point. It was just completely over. I mean, done. But, yeah, moving on from that game, we got the Vikings completed a big comeback at the Panthers to win in overtime. Captain Kirk led the way. The Vikings had 571 total yards, which is the most that they have had since 2004, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, hmm. Sam Darnold, mm-mm-mm. 
back to his ghost busting ways. He chokes yep. it. <laughs> a couple bad turnovers in this game. It looks like he had his little breakfast buddy in CMC, like Matt Stafford with Cooper Cup. And without C Mac, it has been a nightmare for Sam or yeah. Yeah, Sam Darnold. I mean, I watched the end of this game once I heard it went to OT, and I, and I know I picked the Vikings to win. I think they're still one of the best three and three teams in football. Panthers starting off 3-0, now 3-3. and They are frauds. Um, Sam Darnold is playing not very good football after starting off to a good start. Uh, but I think this game, more than anything, just shows the Vikings' competitiveness. They stay in football games. Um, they did – their defense is still a work in progress because um, the Panthers were able to, to, to put up a, a, a pretty good amount of points on them. But, um, you know, I, the, what I saw on OT is just uh, – the Vikings just seem like they want it more, dude. Like, they just, they just seem well-coached. They seem – like they know how to win football games. They know how to, they, they're used to these close games. This is their second or third OT game of the season. Um, so they're used to this. And they're going to be in a lot of nitty-gritty battles like this. And they're going to come out with some wins like this. They're going to have some other games like it was Cincinnati and Arizona where they're going to lose. But they're going to be right there. And they might even fight for a playoff spot later down the line. I really, really, really like this Vikings team. And, and not just because this win. I mean – Sam Darnold, 17 of 41. That's really bad. That's that. really, really bad. But without C-Mac, oh. this Panthers team is going to have a hard time getting it going. But the reason I'm saying I like this Vikings team is that offensively, man, they're fucking dynamic. And not just in the air. I mean, Kirk Cousins, 33-48, 3.73, three touchdowns. They got Thielen. They have Jefferson, obviously. Uh, this Conklin, Tyler Conklin, they're tied in, has been tied into a lot more of their offense these days. And then Dalvin Cookback runs for 29 and 140. This Panthers defense has been pretty good through this point of the season, especially in the run. Yeah, they have. Especially run defense. I mean, the Vikings, if they could just really put together a solid defensive front, I I think that this is a really good football team. At this point, they've lost to who? The Cardinals, the Bengals, and And who's their third loss to? Did they beat the Lions? They beat the Lions. They beat – who did they? I feel like they lost to a good team, like a really good team. They beat Seattle. Was it Tennessee? Not Tennessee. I'll just look. Cardinals, I'll, I'll have it right Cardinals now. Browns, Bengals are Browns. Three. Browns. The Browns. Yeah, they've lost to the three playoff team teams. Seven. So I mean, I really like this Vikings team. I'm not. I'm not sure if we've done the thing where we've ranted their schedule yet. I probably won't do it right now because I'm scared that it's going to be pretty tough. But they. And if they could make the playoff, I feel like they could really actually mm. be a pretty dynamic team. They got a uh, bye this week. Listen because... to their listen to their next five: Cowboys at Ravens at Chargers, Packers at Niners. Oof. I think we've gone Oof. through that before because I remember thinking like, "There's a reason I wasn't as high on that te- on this team." And I think it was just based on their schedule. Like, but I think this is a really really good football team. They could find a way to win two of those five and then have a strong end of the season. Like I'd love to see him in the playoff. Cause I think that they could, yeah. they could upset somebody. Some noise, I think they're so freaking dynamic, man. I love watching them. And I think that uh, Mike Zimmer is a, is a really good football coach. So yeah, it's, if they had a good, that good defense that they're usually, they, they usually have consistently, their offense seems to have clicked. Like it has not in the past as opposed to their defense. So, and like they have, the, say, I guess but, they, they have some of the right defensive playmakers that you want in, um, like a playoff game, like Harrison Smith 
could cause some turnovers. Eric Hendricks can cause some turnovers. So like Eric Hendricks is so good. They're both he's, they're both really good. So like if they could just peak, I don't know peak at the right time. It's their pass rush, dude. Their pass yeah. rush sucks. Ever since they lost Everson Griffith and those guys, it was it's been yeah. tough up front. But continue. Continuing with the the, their dynamic offense, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals as they down the Browns 37 to 14 to move in to six and zero as the Brownies after a good start fall to three and three. Mm. Um, I know one of my two co-hosts have a a bone to pick with a quarterback in this game, and I'm just gonna let him take <laughs> this one away. I just want to say who you think it is. It's not who you think it is. When you are Baker Mayfield, listen, these are the games that legitimately decide your future, decide if you get a contract extension. I'm being serious. He's going against a quarterback that was drafted after him, that was a number one overall pick just like him. And think about his division, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, they're already proving that they can do more with less than Baker Mayfield already has. And why? Why should they make him one of the highest paid footballs in, uh, quarterbacks in football when you have an outing like this? Yes, he didn't have his running back. Kyler Murray didn't have his head coach. You know, you're at home. You, you know, you have more on your advantage if you really think that you deserve that contract and you think that you can at times carry that fo- carry your football team for a win. I'm not saying he can do it every Sunday or that he or that he um, you know has that ability to, but when you think about the extension you're gonna get, and when you think about when a GM is who didn't draft him, by the way, is thinking about a decision, a long-term decision to make about someone, you're gonna compare him to the people around him, and the people around him are so much better. It's not even, it's not even fair, it's not even close. Like Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are, are two people that could win MVPs down the line, Justin Herbert. Kyler Murray, like those guys are out of – if those guys were on the Browns, dude, I mean, come on. And it's like – it's not even just that. They weren't competitive. I saw the pick he threw. It was horrible. He threw it right to the defender. He missed the receiver by 10, 12 feet. I'm not – like he 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 held on to the ball too long. He tried to scramble out of the pocket and didn't have awareness, and he's fumbling. Like it, it was disappointing to me. I wanted the Browns to win. And that's part of the reason it was, it, was, it was extremely disappointing to me. But I was also just shocked. I thought Baker Mayfield was done with these, these horrible-looking moments, even though despite having a good team. But he clearly, dude, I mean, the Cardinals are good, and I have to give him credit. But, dude, Baker Mayfield, I mean, I just – like, this is a – like, I don't see wh- why you guys aren't re- reacting the same way as me and, and like, a, oh, well, this is a big – this says a lot about his game. This is a big-time game for an organization trying to make a decision about him. Uh, it's it's tough because, I mean, I know he turned the ball over two times, and yes, the pick was not great. At, uh, far from it, horrible. But horrible. he was nineteen of twenty eight, two fifty two touchdowns against th- this team. One touchdown was a hail mary that he yeah, turned the ball yeah, over three yeah. times too. He fumbled twice. Oh, he fumbled twice. Yeah. And yeah, that is that's direct. where stats yep. lie. Like that that yep. touchdown yep. was a hail mary, and he gained sixty yards off of that. So just say yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it wasn't a great performance from Baker whatsoever, but it is against I would consider the top team in football right now. And I think I, I do understand what you're saying with contracts do come from games like this, but he has plenty of time. He has eleven more games to redeem himself. 
And I think with a game plan going into this week, knowing that they don't have both of their running backs out, this is more of a true test against, you know, Denver, who is a decent opponent, not too poor, not too good to see where Baker Mayfield really is. And I know he's also injured with a lat injury, but that's really, I mean, he's playing through it. So that's not a really, uh, an excuse for him, but I, I want to see a couple more games with him before I just completely go off on Baker. But I, I do, <laughs> I, I do see where you're coming from. Yeah, like no. that was a horrible game, dude. Uh, yeah. So I agree. I agree too. I think that I, I agree with what Ty's saying. That I think that at this point with Baker, it's not the contract games it's more contract losses like he can't lose this game to denver this week that is a big time but losing this game to arizona without chubb is different like i think that chubb is at least predicted to play this week like kareem hunts out for a few weeks but chubb is i I think they're both out this week well i'm i might just be optimistic because i got chubb my fantasy team he's listed (laughs) as questionable right now so either way um Either way, they have a short they have a short comeback. They go to it's Thursday night football, right? Yep. Yep. So I mean Baker Mayfield has to Shit. put the team on his back. And this has been my biggest criticism of Baker is he he enjoys the limelight. He enjoys being Superman too much, to a fault. Some guys have that killer instinct in them, and then some guys want to be that killer bad, and they just aren't. It's just a fact. Like that's just how sports are. And like Baker, I think that he, I think that he's got a lot of talent. I don't think that he's a horrible quarterback. I think that he's good, but I don't think that he has that killer in him. I think that he wants to be a killer really, really bad. But I don't think that he's got that killer in him. And so I, I just we'll see what goes forward with Baker, but. When it comes to this game, I'm not going to just kill him because, like you said, Ty, this Arizona team is really good. Did you guys see the clip of J.J. Watt on the sideline? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of that was kind of cold. That was kind of cold. Uh, so what he said, Ty, is he was like, you know, he, he was basically just mocking all the people who have said something about the Cardinals to this point. He's like, oh, maybe it's because of this. Maybe it's because of that. He's like, everybody keeps making excuses. Maybe we're just really fucking good. He's like, maybe we're maybe just we're fucking, just fucking better. He's like, maybe we're just yeah. fucking better than everybody. And I'm yeah. like, you kind of making a point. You're kind of calling me out because I've been on that. I've been on that train. It's like, yeah. oh, the Cardinals have been like, and eh, they well, played like they've had. They've kind of been the good, right but time, like, but at the right, I, right space at the right time. I still haven't been like, oh, they're the best team in their division. They beat the Rams, and I'm like, ah, we haven't caught the Rams after they played the Bucks, and I think the Rams are still better, and like. I could still talk yeah, myself into like, that, but dude, I'm getting more warmed up to the idea that the Cardinals are just fucking good. Not, it, they are, but it's like you have to take what what is the determinant, like what what's causing what. It's like that pick that the Cardinals defense got had nothing to do with the Cardinals. Okay, that defensive back wasn't even covering the receiver, and Baker threw it right to him, like. The, the J.J. Watt fumble. That's a great sack by J.J., but Baker held onto the ball for a damn near half a decade. Like, those are things that I look at and I blame Baker Mayfield for. I don't give as much credit to the Cardinals' defense, and that, I guess, is why I'm uh, I'm being so critical of them. We can move on because we've talked too much about this game. It's going to be uh, – it is going to be a big game. Really quickly, is Cincinnati getting a playoff spot over Cleveland this year? There's too much time to, to even – 
See I had to, that. I had to look we'll at see. schedules to make it. Yeah. About that. Ooh, all I'm saying is week 17, Cleveland left. at Cincinnati. That game could have some meaning. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, Moving on to the next game, Raiders get back on track with a solid win over Denver, 34-20. to 20. Oh. <laughs> Derek Carr, looking back to how he was looking in the first few weeks, 340 and two TDs. And the Broncos, after such a sweet start against these, the probably three of the bottom five teams in the NFL, they're back to yes. reality, three and three, and struggling. I didn't really watch much of this game, but the Raiders, I think they kind of bonded over the fact that Gruden is gone. Um, and, you know, that it's really about them uh, more than it is about him. And uh, Denver's Denver is just not good. They, they don't have a good offense. Uh, Raiders still have one of the best offenses in football without Gruden um, personnel-wise and just, you know, they execute. So that's all I'll say. I don't even think that it's about the Denver offense. I mean – I think that like Teddy Bridgewater has been Teddy Bridgewater, which is like a very serviceable quarterback to this point for them. Um, I know that this game wasn't, I mean, I know he turned the ball over a lot, but he still threw for three touchdowns and over 300 yards. And it was a pretty much a comeback effort. I think that uh, Denver has got a pretty big problem uh, in the run defense. I, I said that a few weeks ago, like I know this past defense has, has been pretty good up, up to this point in the, in the year, but, when it comes to teams who are real physical up front running the ball, they have a pretty big problem. Um, but the Raiders, this was a defining game for them, much like the Cleveland game that's coming up, just because, like you said, Owen, it's whether they're going to have the ability to get over the John Gruden slump or not. I don't, I'm not picking the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. I'm definitely out on the little, the small, slightly sarcastic Derek Carr for MVP chance that I was, I was on. Um, I'm definitely out on that, but I do think the Raiders are still a talented roster, a talented football team, could win some games and shake up their division a little bit. And this is a good division win and shows that they have at least the right mindset going forward uh, for the rest of the year. As even the Broncos, all you can hope to do is just continue to get better in certain positions and hope that this uh, could be a little bit of a spark for next year. If you can piece some things together as the year goes along. What's up with Vic Fangio? He's going to get fired. That's what's up. Okay. I, I won't ask anything else. <laughs> I think he'll get fired by the end of the season. He's at, he, he's at, it's his third season, right? It's usually he, like dude, uh, three seasons to not make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs, you're fucked. Like, I was asking because you know, I thought he, he had some damn. health issues or something. Oh, I, I, I have no idea off. about that. I just thought he's going to be – I just thought you meant about his status going forward, which I don't think he'll be the coach. By, I, 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 I could be wrong. I might be thinking some months. I'm not seeing anything about it. I'm not sure. But uh, moving got, on. Uh, hepatitis. Really? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right, moving on to – this was probably the game of the week, in my opinion. I already know what you're going to say. And I'm going to talk about it for just a second, seeing – because my poor, poor Patriots. But <laughs> Dag Prescott and the Cowboys handle a scare against the Patriots in Foxborough. I think you meant to say Trayvon Diggs and the Cowboys tie. <clears throat> stop, stop. Um, <laughs> 35 to 29 in overtime. Dak, 350 and three touch, or 450, excuse me, 
and three touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, 150 and two touchdowns. But I still think that, I mean, it, it's kind of working out in the Patriots' favor. As you can see, we're kind of getting better progressively throughout the year, but still losing because we want a good draft pick. It's almost like Bill Belichick's playing mind games. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. But Mac I'm Jones, Mac Jones continues to look very efficient. He's been the most efficient rookie quarterback, but he's probably on the best team of any rookie quarterback. Best with, system for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was very impressive after the pick six to Trayvon Diggs to come oh, right, right back, back at him. Yeah, come right back, throw a rope down the field for 75 yards. And, I mean, he did what he had to do to win the game. We scored just a little bit too quick for Dak to come back and kick a field goal to go into overtime. And then – we just couldn't get it done in overtime, but that's what happens sometimes. See, I thought that those this is why I actually Cowboys thought, aren't going to win the Super Bowl, which is why they're going to get out coached. Mike McCarthy is no is no you know chess player. Bill Belichick was able to you know shrink their offense. Not they still put up points. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of their points were put up by one Trayvon Diggs and also in overtime, and their offense didn't look great. It was only because the only reason – hold on. The only reason Dallas Cowboys offense didn't look great was shoot yourself in the foot turnovers. Yep. If it wasn't for that, they would have scored a lot of points in this game, and it would have looked a lot different. The Dallas Cowboys needed this game to kind of face some adversity as far as like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not playing clean all the way through like they had against the Eagles, against the Giants. Like this was – I mean, Dak lost a fumble and threw a pick. It wasn't ideal throughout the whole game, but they still found a way to win. I get what you're saying, so, Owen. I'm not. I'm not like I don't the have the pick though. The, the the pick is not is not totally. You know, it's like you shot yourself in the foot. But like credit to the Patriots defense and confuse. Like, anyways, yeah. I just yeah. Anyways, the Cowboys. I'll let you keep going. Cowboys offense is legit. One of the probably right now. I'd say the best offense in the NFL. Yeah, yeah they're, they're they're unstoppable, dude. It's it's very hard to scheme against them with. They got two very solid – I mean, you know Zeke's good, but Tony Pollard has really come on to help as a backup running back. And then they have, you know, Gallup, Three receivers. Cooper, CD, Dalton Schultz has really been effective for them at the tight end spot. And, I mean, Dak Prescott. And their offensive line, everyone thought it was going to be a little bit weaker, but that I, they looked pretty strong against the Patriots. They That's do look good. Um, I think that – I, I'm gonna be honest. Like, well, first of all, I want to preface this by saying Mac Jones has played really well all year, and I think he played well again this game. This isn't a knock on him, but like the whole the the I think that the pick and the touchdown could have been reversed really easily. Like the the pick that was to Trayvon Diggs, I know the throw is a little high, but I didn't think it was that bad of a throw. I thought the touchdown pass was a worse throw than that. Like I thought the touchdown deep ball, like Tony Roma wouldn't shut up about it being just like this rope that he threw. I thought like it was kind of like a wobbly deep ball that was up for grabs at safety. I don't know what he was doing, playing the ball or playing the receiver or what. He was just like late getting there, getting there and then had a hesitation. I thought that easily could have been picked off. Like, but I didn't think the pick was as bad of a throw. So like, I, I just, I thought it was just a really weird end of the game. So, uh, I mean, Credit to New England. I think they're a competitive team. Obviously, they have Bill Belichick, so they're going to be pretty much competitive uh, week in and week out. But Dallas is really good. I mean, you got to find a way. 
Owen, you, Owen, you said it. Just like if you want to talk about, you know, kind of what you just said about Cincinnati, good football teams win the games they're supposed to. And that's, you know, you could say that this wasn't an ideal format for the Cowboys. Obviously, they're going against a genius, but like the the standard that you're holding Mike McCarthy to as far as competing with Bill Belichick, I don't know if he's going to face that as far as coaching. No, he won't. Like, he, I think Bruce won't. Arians and Mike McCarthy are very evenly – McVay is the only thing, and that's offensive. That's not from a defensive standpoint. And we yeah. know the Dallas Cowboys yeah. get points. So, like, I'm not really sure NFC-wise who's, who is challenging them from a coaching standpoint. And we already said the Kansas City Chiefs don't look the best. Maybe Harbaugh and, and the Ravens, maybe – I don't know. We'll get to the other games later. Well, but I would I say – I don't think the yeah. standard that you're holding there for Mike McCarthy is quite fair considering the competition he's going to be facing later on down the year. I don't think they're, like, going to whoop him in the chess game. That is – Well, all, all I was trying to say by that is if you look at the Patriots on paper and you look at the Cowboys on paper, the Cowboys should beat them 45. I mean, they should score 45 points. But that's the definition of the Patriots under Bill Belichick. Exactly. exactly. That's what I was just trying to say is, like, if they do meet a coach that – knows how to scheme and knows how to coach and, and, and how to have a, a well-designed game plan for this offense. I agree. We'll, we'll see. But Dallas's defense is also is also look better. The Cowboys are good. They're, they're, they're a top five team in football, in my opinion. <clears throat> All right. Top two and they're not two. <laughs> uh, moving no on to the not. Sunday night game. I didn't watch much of this game, but the Steelers hit a game-winning field goal in overtime. I know T.J. Watt made two insane plays, highest-paid yeah. defensive player in the league, I'm pretty sure, and he showed why. I think he had a big sack to take Seattle out of field goal range and then a strip sack fumble against Geno Smith to seal the deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Y'all's guys' thoughts on this game? I didn't really watch much of this one. Uh- I didn't really watch much of this one either, so I won't talk a lot about it. I'm just I, I picked Pittsburgh to win because I think they're the better coach team and the better team overall. Um, I think they proved that. Um, Geno Smith obviously didn't do anything special, but hey, the Steelers got another win. So, yep, yeah, I don't have much to add either. Geno Smith actually didn't play bad in this game. Yeah, he had a 99.6 quarterback rating. Um, I, you know, if I'm Seattle. I'm looking for a trade to send Jamal Adams out of town um, and go ahead and get some value for him now while teams are desperate, trying to put together their teams to make a a run in the regular season. Um, Because, I I mean, he hasn't been effective and this defense is bad, and you you might as well get the value you can for him now and not let the – Bring him back to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, whatever you got to. Um, it, it's just not pretty. I didn't watch a lick of this game. I wasn't interested in watching Geno Smith and Ben Roethlisberger face off. So, on to the next yeah. one. Let's go yeah, to the last this one. one was, this one is also up to debate for the game of the week. Uh, the Titans steal one against the Bills. Huge game from Derrick Henry, 130 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Tannehill stepped up, made some big-time throws to A.J. Brown in the second half, and the Titans' defense hold strong at the goal line to stop Josh Allen on a quarterback sneak. They win 34-31, now move to what, Harris, 4-2? and Is that correct? Yep. And the Bills are also 4-2. and So, 
I think I picked Tennessee. I think Harris picked Tennessee after Owen went on his parade about the Bills being the by far the best team. You know, they had to come back to reality a little bit. Should have won this game. Yeah, I know they should have. They should have won this game, but that's how the NFL works. It's prime time yeah. and shit happens like that where you just lose a game you should have won and they're going into a bye week, I believe the Bills are. So hopefully they'll get their head are. straight after that. Yeah. And they'll be they'll be fine. That was just a tough game on the be. road. Desperate Tennessee team. And yeah, y'all. That's what the Titans do though, bro. They, they 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 show that they can win against anybody. Um they'll lose an OT versus the Jets and they'll beat, you know, one of the best teams in football. Um that's the Titans for you. There's nothing there's no more team that's a roller coaster um than them. They can always compete. Um I know Ty gave his five cents about Ryan Tannehill before the, the pod started. Um, I don't think he is, a, you know, a top five quarterback by any means, but you have to look at what he does at the end of games. And in the end of the games, um, he steps up. I mean, that's what he did last night. Um, he looked really good towards the end of that game um, when it mattered most. So give him some credit there. But the Bills should have won this game, and they still are the better football team. Uh, this is exactly why. This is my biggest criticism of the Buffalo Bills. And I think it, it, they have to start winning games like this. They have to start winning big games. I know they beat Kansas City, but it's the games against, I would say, uh, it's like they've gotten up for some of the big games they've played in the regular season, but it's the games that are like, I don't even know how to put them. They're above like, mid-tier team, like against other playoff teams like wild in which they're favored. Teams. Yeah, like wild card teams in which they're favored. Like you just have to win these games and like the consistency for the Bills, like it's the same thing they lost against Pittsburgh week one. I just don't I'm not completely sold on their effectiveness, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like I don't know. I think that they can put up points, but then in crunch time, I just haven't seen Josh Allen do it yet. And I'm not saying that he's not good. Obviously, I think he's really talented and really, really good. Like he's one of the best quarterbacks in football for sure. But like I want to see the Bills go on a heater. Like I want, I want to see it and I haven't seen it against like a good stretch of teams before I can believe in them winning playoff games. Like the Titans, the the Steelers, I know they beat Kansas city, but like these are the type of caliber teams you're going to play in the playoffs week in and week out. And like, I don't see them winning week in and week out in the playoffs. Yeah. I just don't see them being consistent enough. So I need to see something more consistent from the bills. I completely agree with you. Few of the picks. Yeah, that wraps up the week six game. So now we're going to move on to our week six records against the spread. So I'll start from the bottom. We had Mr. Owen White coming in at a steaming (laughs) hot six and eight record against the spread. Um, Harris and myself were tied with a nine and five record against the spread that puts Harris in first for the, for the year at 58 and 36. I'm one behind him at 57 and 37 and Owen is bringing up the rear at 48 and 46. So moving on to the week seven games here, we got Thursday night football, Denver at Cleveland, Cleveland is currently minus two and a half. And I just looked it up. Chubb and Hunt are both out for this game. Fuck. And I will be taking the Cleveland Browns because Owen wants to shit on Baker Mayfield. And I think he will step up in this game 
and they Wait, will can you say the spread one more time? Ty? Two and a half. Cleveland minus two and a half. God. I'm taking Cleveland. I can't bet on Denver again. Fuck them. I'm betting on Cleveland. I mean, it's got to be Cleveland. Two and a half? Got to yeah. be Cleveland. Um, next game on the board, Cincinnati at Baltimore division game. Baltimore is minus six and a half. I'm going to have to go with the Bengals with six and a half, just being a little too much for me in this, in a tight game, especially after three home games for the Ravens in a row. Yep. I believe so. Wait. Yeah, yeah it is so. Monday. Yeah, yep, it is yep, Monday yep, yep. chargers. And now that, wow, that's odd. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals to cover as well. What was the what was the spread? Baltimore six minus and six and a half. Sorry, I'm currently uh, updating my fantasy roster because Chubb's out. Um, Baltimore minus six and a half at Baltimore or at the Bengals? At Baltimore. At Baltimore. For the yeah, third I'll take, week I'll take the Bengals to cover. All righty. Two clean sweeps on Browns and Bengals. Now we're moving on to Carolina at the New York Giants. The Giants are plus three. Oh, this is a tough game to pick. So close to teams that are underwhelming in the last couple weeks. But I'm going to have to go with just the more healthy team. And I'm just going to go with Carolina. Give me the G-Men. Oh, this is their last win of the season. This is a really, (laughs) really tough one. Um, I would, there's no chance in hell I would bet on this game. I I have no idea who's going to win this. I'll take probably not us. I'll take Carolina just based on the fact that no Saquon and the G men are banged up. I'll I'll just take, like you said, the healthier team. Um, Next one I've got, we're starting to get. Uh, not quite yet, but this is a bigger spread. Washington at Green Bay. Green Bay is minus nine and a half. Uh, Give me Green Bay. Owen is taking Green Bay hot I'll, and early. I'll, I'll I'm going to take, take Washington. And I'll take Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is about to carve up that secondary. He's about to dice up this fucking defense. Let's not, let's not forget it that. They had a close one with Chicago, but Chicago's defense has been really good all year. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay. They just have – yeah. Chicago's better off – they're better every way than fucking Taylor Heineke. All right. Next one, one of the games of the week, in my opinion, Kansas City at Tennessee. Tennessee is plus five and a half. I'm going to eat that shit up. I'm probably on Sunday going to hit Tennessee money line just for the odds. Oh. But I'll take Tennessee plus five and a half. Absolutely, Tennessee five and a half. I'll take them too. I don't fucking trust the Chiefs. <laughs> this Chiefs is the best part of the going. pod. The this is the best part of the not. podcast for our, like our deep thought noises. I'm just like, yeah. I do not know who to take. Can't, let me tell you something. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to be three and four. They're not that bad. They do have the be- one of the best quarterbacks in football and one of the best head coaches. Give me the give me the Titans. Oh, yeah, I was to about cover, to say you to don't cover, have to, to be cover three and four. <laughs> give me the Titans to cover 
five and a half Chiefs to win. All right. Next one is the one of the worst games of the week. Falcons at Dolphins. It always Dolphins. involves the Falcons, doesn't it? Every worst game. Yeah. Of the and the Dolphins. And the Dolphins. Uh, they suck. They just Who scheduled this, this game? Every week? Um, <laughs> Miami is plus two and a half. Oh, good God. God. Uh, I'm going to take, I'll take the <laughs> Falcons, I guess. I mean, I'm very reluctant to take the Falcons, but I'll take them. I just can't. I Give can't me Miami. Tua played well last week. I bet he continues this week. I'll, I'll take Miami. Give me the Dolphins, dude. I'll fucking oh. take them. Oh. <laughs> fuck, the Dolphins, dude, dude. fuck the Falcons, man. Falcons <laughs> <laughs> suck. <laughs> oh, I might uh, come back and swap that one, Ty. Just let, just let you know. I might come back right. and swap that one. Let's see. All right. New York Jets at the New England Patriots. New England Patriots yeah. are minus seven and a half. Give it Did to they me. already play? Yeah, they, they already, already played. Play. This is already their second matchup. Yeah, and that's the second time he, Zach Wilson is going to Give me those. another so give me, episode of Ghostbusters. Give me New England. Yeah. yeah. Give me New England as well. What's the spread? Seven and a half. Kind of a big, big number, though, I will say. Big number. Um, but I, will, I will never be caught betting on the Jets, especially <laughs> against Yeah, my give Patriots. me New England. Give me New England. Seven no way. Fuck. No way. Only got one question. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. You better the Give me New England. All right. Next one. This is, uh, I think, no, this is the second biggest spread of the week. Detroit at the Rams. Matt Stafford revenge game, baby. Or Jerry Goff revenge game, depending on what you think about it. Uh, the Rams are minus 15 and a half. Oh. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with, the, I'm gonna go with. Detroit. I'm gonna go I'm with the gonna, kneecap killers, Detroit Lions. <laughs> I'll go with the Lions. I'm gonna go, man. There's no I'm fucking shot. The Lions as well. There's yeah, fifteen and been, a half, dude. They got something to fight for. They're gonna they're gonna compete. I feel like we've had too many weeks where we clean sweep pick the Lions, and yet they continue to just get thrashed. But um, well, they have played a, a couple of those games. Yeah. Um. Philadelphia at Las Vegas. The Raiders are minus three and a half against the Eagles. Mm. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> this is a tough game here. This is a coin flip for me. I'll let Owen, if you got anything. Fun fact, I was on a Zoom call this morning with Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles. I wanted to fucking tell him. Were you really? That. Yeah, he was on a Zoom call. He was a speaker for one of our uh, scholars meetings this morning because our our fucking uh, like supervisor is a friend of his from New York, and she got him on a call with us. And I wanted to tell him, I think you're a good GM, Howie, but you're losing to the Raiders this week. Give me the Raiders. They're gonna stick together. They're gonna they're gonna uh, you know continue to be a tight knit group and continue to fight. I'll I'll agree with that. I'll take I'll take Derek. Ah. Ooh, <laughs> Harvey wants to pick against my Raiders, but I guess I got to go with the flow. Give me the mascara. I'll go with the Raiders. 
All righty. Another big spread, Chicago at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Chicago is minus fits last year. Tampa Bay is minus 12 and a half, and I'm going to eat that Chicago up. 12 and a half is too much for Justin Fields. <laughs> Give me Tampa Bay. <laughs> 12 and a half, man. I think that Chicago defense is good enough to keep it within that. I'll, I'll take Chicago. All right. This is the biggest spread of the week. We have Houston. We Ooh. have a problem heading out to play the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> oh, God. And Cardinals are minus 17. Minus 17. And I'm firing on the freaking Cardinals, man. I cannot. They're <laughs> just dog dick. They are terrible. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of fucking points, dude. Texans are not the covering machine they were. Give me the cards. <laughs> Give me the cards, dude. Yeah, dude. God, that one's going to go Texans. That that game is going to go Texans. I got no three way. words. I got three words. Any given Sunday. Give me Texans Outright to get the win. Stop. <laughs> if that Texas outright give you win, I'll give you an extra. I'll give you fifty pick. bucks. I'll give you an extra win if they win. I'll, I'm taking, the but Texans I'll take outright. I'll take a, a, a an extra loss as well. <laughs> I'm taking um, the Texas Oh, Ty, you're thinking they're going to cover seventeen. I'm thinking about changing my pick. Please change it. I'll just get a bigger lead. Yeah, no, I'll take I'll take Arizona. Um, Indy, Indianapolis at San Francisco. San Francisco is minus three and a half, and I'm going to take the Colts in this game. I think that uh, I think Owen's right. They should have two consecutive wins, and they have to have it. They really have to have this one. And I think San Fran is after this one going to see the writing on the wall that neither them nor the Seahawks will be making the playoffs this year. I've been down on San Fran, and I'll take the Colts for sure. Give me the Niners to cover. How? What's the spread? Three and a half. Yeah, give me the Niners to cover. All right. Finishing with Monday Night Football, we got New Orleans at Seattle. Seattle is plus mm. five and a half. Seattle is plus five and a half at home. Mm. Mm. New Orleans coming off a bye, getting mm. a little healthy. I'll take Nola. Yeah, off the bye, I'm this taking New Orleans. Orleans. Taking New Orleans off the bye. Game plan ready for Geno Smith. Uh, gonna rock his world though. I'll give me give me New Orleans. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me the Saints. Uh, no way, the Saints. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll give, give me the Saints. All right, boys. I have a casserole that's been sitting in the oven for an extra hour and a half. It's now. It's probably go. black. I was about to say it's probably Shit. burnt to a crisp. <laughs> no, I got some homies to turn it off. Uh, so I'm gonna go eat that shit. Uh, just like the Texans are gonna eat the Cardinals up. Give me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hell, man. Cardinals all the way. Um, 
when, it, when, we, when we, we will open the podcast with a written apology from both of you guys if the Texans win outright. I will Deal? write a one-page 12-point I'll write a one-page yeah. Single space. Single space. Single space. Single space. I'll write I'll write that I'll write and I'll include every Houston Texans player on their roster's name and apologize to oh every God. All right. If they if they win, if they win the game. Yeah, I win out. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll see you boys later. All right. Well, that closes it out for episode seven. As always, like and subscribe, and be sure to let us know what you think, places we can improve, places we can get better, and things you like. Ty, peace out. Peace out, brother. See you. Peace.